Well, it's given me ideas of like what to play. Like the octopus episode where they just try to catch him from the couch and go. What do they do? Will thinks it is the funniest thing on the planet. That's cool. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. Well, you guys ready? What is this number? Uh, I think this is episode 12. Episode 12. So let's get it. Welcome to Untold, the podcast that tells the untold stories of history. In this podcast, two of us compete to tell the best stories you've probably never heard before. Join us as we uncover new stories each week together. This is Untold. Well, 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 well. Here we are. Episode 12. Or in Spanish, it is... Dulce. 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 I almost said Dulce. I was like, I'm going to back up. He, he gestured to you first. You didn't answer. I know. So. Dulce. Step in. Yeah. So uh, well, welcome to episode 12. Um, I can't believe we've made it this far. Um, so yeah. Uh, what is it if we if we pass a certain mark? Yep. We're like the top 2% mm-hmm. of all podcasts. Mm-hmm. Is it 20? 21. Uh, 21%. 21. It, when we get to 21 episodes, then we are in the top 2% of uh, all podcasts that have been started, apparently. Listen, so. when we do that and we get to 22, on mm-hmm. all of our descriptions, we're going to be putting top 2% of all podcasts. <laughs> By the way, we're going to sell t-shirts. Uh-huh. We're top 2%. Have, I do uh-huh. want to I wanna go find some of these podcasts with like three episodes and just I see. Not good. <laughs> oh, my Not God. Good. I want to know what they're about. Like, who? And I feel like it's someone like me that kind of, you know, they had a great idea and they were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. And then they get really motivated. They do the thing and and then they lose steam and falls apart. Yeah, uh, a lot of the ones I've heard were not necessarily like you because there was no good idea behind it. It was just like <laughs> man in basement talks about cat. No. Well, thank you. Yes. I think. Diary entry number one. My cat yes. is looking at me coughing up a hairball. Oh, Join me God. for episode two when he climbs up the stairs. Yeah. No. Um, well, cool. Yeah, I um, just have a little question for you guys. Okay. Um, before we get started here, just kind of a little icebreaker. Um, so, uh, I'm a huge movie buff. I love movies. Um, and so, there's different genres. There's, you know, romantic comedies. There's uh, comedies. <laughs> there's <laughs> Romance. There's dramas. There's, yep, all these different ones, but... When I say action movies, I want you to tell me the first movie that pops into your head. So mine, I'll go first just to kind of warm us up, is my what I think of is Indiana Jones. When I think of the adventure whole genre of movies, I think of Indiana Jones. That is like the first thing that pops it in my mind. It's a classic. Um, so yeah, what do, you, what do you guys think of? Well, the... Do Marvel movies count as like su- that's superhero movies, right? That's a different. I would say that's more like action, but like it's action and adventure. So, yeah. uh, which one out of the Marvel movies? Oh, I don't know any of the Avengers. But if, if we're talking like like if it's superheroes, its own genre, then I would probably go with Jurassic Park. I know that's sci-fi, but it's very. Oh, yeah action heavy god jurassic park is just a gem of cinematic history yeah very good have you seen the latest one uh yes 
not as good. No, I didn't expect it to be though. Like it's yeah, got the nostalgia. Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh yeah. So what do you guys think? Like the difference between like they usually say action and adventure. What's what's the difference? What makes it like an adventure movie more than action? A journey. Yeah, I think there's <coughs> some. I think there's some traveling or. Mm, not traveling in the mm-hmm. conventional way. It something unexpected happens, and then you're having to figure it out step at a, one step at a time to get to your goal. So that's yeah. why I feel like yeah. Jurassic Park kind of fits that mold mm-hmm. because shit hits the fan, and now we're trying to figure out what to do. I think of men in fedoras in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> so so with, like with a bullwhip. So, so even yeah, even Jurassic Park, he has a. Uh, he has a little fedora that he wears, so like that would be action who's, who's or adventure. A, who's got a fedora? Alan Grant, the main guy in the in the fedora type thing, you know, the, know the hat. Fedora. It's like a the, it's, it's like a, a cowboy hat. hat. Yeah, it's like a well, with, a, with a rim. Potato, potato. Okay. Uh, shall you we? Know what a fedora is? Uh, yes, I know what hats are. Uh, okay. <laughs> Shelby, what, what about He's you? not a hipster. Are, is the question, what is an adventure movie? No, what's the first adventure? Action what? or adventure or both? Adventure. Adventure, okay. Adventure. What's the first movie that comes Jumanji. to mind? Jumanji. Jumanji, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's With a good Robin Williams. One. Rest no, new one. I'm what? Out. I love that one. What? <laughs> That's not what came to my mind. Shut up. I, wow. I love that one. Take a point away. That's ridiculous. The I new know. one is what came Whoop. to mind. It's good. The new one is good. That's Have you m- seen it? Yeah, no, it's really good. It's good. It's really good. But that's one of those. They're on a journey to solve a problem mm-hmm. on a mm-hmm. journey. Because when you, I thought the first question was action, and that was Mission Impossible. But Mission Impossible isn't an adventure movie. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference. I would say, I would say that point of order. Every yes, every adventure movie has action, but not every action movie has adventure. I agree. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Cool. Glad we I got that more. figured out. Now, now that we've cleared that up. Yes. <laughs> yep. Cool. Well, um, should we introduce ourselves? Because it's like, sure. If you are just coming in, mm-hmm. the person that said Jamunji, <laughs> the best answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> My name is Shelby. <laughs> yes, and the person who said Jurassic Park is. I'm Grace, and I love dinosaurs. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Grace, and I love dinosaurs. What's your favorite dinosaur? A Velociraptor, obviously. Oh, same. Oh, wow. that's cool. Okay, really? Yeah. Mine is a Stegosaurus. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, Wait, I've never thing. heard anyone say that. A Stegosaurus. Don't judge me. It's kind of badass. They can, yep. You can't kill it, but it can kill you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Stegosaurus has the weird shields on its back. Nope, yeah. that's a Triceratops. Well, no, no, no. No, no. Triceratops has the three horns. <laughs> yeah, Stegosaurus. Do has... you know what your favorite no. dinosaur is? <laughs> yes, a Stegosaurus. Why do you keep asking me? I know what a Stegosaurus is. Because they do is. have the plates on yeah, their Yeah, they got the plates. No, a Stegosaurus. What's, what's the one with the long neck? That's a, a Brontosaurus. Bron- no. Oh, my no, God. No, 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 no. No, 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 Brontosauruses were uh, debunked. I'm looking this up. They're debunked. Okay, They're not a real dinosaur. Okay, but that's traditional. Brachiosaurus. Okay. Or a Okay. Well, <laughs> there are a lot of long neck Shelby, I don't think either of us know as much as Grace about They're dinosaurs. They're known as sauropods. <laughs> I don't even know if dinosaurs are real. You do, Yeah. Over there judging me about my dinosaurs. Grace obviously knows more. You said so. a Stegosaurus. Shut up. Okay. So... Cool. So if you're just joining us, um, the way we this know works, nothing about dinosaurs. Hey, you guys are being Speak really for, mean to the host. I hope Speak for yourself, Shelby. Yeah, I hope this doesn't affect y'all's points tonight. Mm. Mm. So I, I will take you the know hit what? for telling you that's Let's a Stegosaurus. Hey, Grant, 
between what? me and you. Yeah. A stegosaurus can be whatever you want, man. Thanks, man. Nope, not yeah. true. <laughs> I believe in science. So what is the stegosaurus, the one with the armored? Yeah, they've it's, got the, the plates the... along the back. It's an herbivore. Oh it's got the plates along the back and the, 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 the yes, four yes, spikes yes, on the tail. Yes. So what is what is the one with the long neck? Bronchiosaurus? Brachiosaurus. Brachiosaurus. <laughs> Brachiosaurus or Apatosaurus. All sauropods, I think. Bronchitis. <laughs> Brachiosaurus is the one in Jurassic Park that sneezes on them. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's your favorite dinosaur? The Sneezosaurus. <laughs> yeah. So is that stupid. the thing with the... No, that's the Lophosaurus. Oh, I hate uh. those. See, how do you know that? Okay, all right. <laughs> that's great. That's You know what? <laughs> Yay! We haven't even started yet, but point for all your dinosaur knowledge because that's do a awesome. Dinosaur noise. I love dinosaurs. Let me hear it. You want to hear my rap? If it's good no. enough. <laughs> Please edit that out. Oh my gosh, this is the longest intro ever. But point for you. So you Thank guys you. are t- <laughs> you guys are tired. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Cool. Well, if you are just joining us, um, I apologize. If you're just joining us, it's not usually like that. <laughs> it's usually we're usually a very uh, sophisticated podcast. But um, yeah, if you're just joining us, the way this works is I have given uh, these two contestants, Grace and Shelby, a prompt, um, and they are going to tell me a story um, from history that you may not have heard. At least, hopefully, I haven't heard. Uh, before and they're going to go through the story and I am going to vote for um, which one I like the most and I will award points and every time you hear this little bell right here uh, that means they have gotten a point so uh, to decide who goes first uh, or who decides who gets to go first you guys are going to tell me um, your title of your story so who wants to uh, who wants to say that title first? go ahead Grace uh, my title is the long way home hmm. Oh, like Homeward Bound. Oh, such a good movie. <laughs> Dang. All that right, Shelby. Ab- that's an adventure movie. It is. It is an adventure. Mine's called Insane. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to I want to give it to you, but do it. You can uh, do whatever I'll you want. You're the host. You can Oh, do can I? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Host. Thank you. Um yeah, I'll I'll give it to Shelby then. Yes. Because I want to know more about this insane. So, do you want to go first, or you want to give it to Grace? Hmm, that's a tough question. Um, I think that I will let Grace go first. Mm. Okay. All right, good deal. Well, Grace, take it away. The long way home, the right? The long way home. Okay. Um, I am really excited about this story. It might be. I don't want to hype it up too much. It might be my favorite story we've told so far. Um. Well, I hope it doesn't suck. That's why I said I didn't want to hype it up too much. <laughs> well, I, hope, I hope I vote for it then. Here's the thing. I feel like this, I cannot believe that this is not a movie or something because mm-hmm. it's it's a pretty amazing story. Uh, Steven Spielberg, I hope you're listening <laughs> to this. Um, so yeah, back in uh, the 1940s, uh, commercial airline travel was becoming a thing. Um, but back then it was very luxurious. Only the rich could do it. Um, so, you know, these companies had these uh, huge commercial airplanes that were all like luxury based. Like imagine cruise ships in the sky, right? Like mm. you would get a suite, you would have waiters and servers and beds and Dang. all this. 
it was nice. What has nice. happened? What has happened? Yeah. Now everybody has to travel commercially, and so here's your seat. I was going to say that Sit sounds like... Sit down and be quiet. That sounds like Spirit Airlines. <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> really high class. Um, so have y'all heard of uh, Pan American? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Pan Am um, was uh, one of the big companies back in the day, um, and uh, Captain Robert Ford, who was uh, an airline pilot um, back in the 1940s, uh, they had this flight that it was a six day itinerary and, and think back then too, because no one flew frequently, um, they were flying from San Francisco to Auckland, New Zealand. Okay. It was going to take six days and the people on this plane, I think the flight ticket price was like $750, which <laughs> in today's currency mm. is $15,000. So you're paying $15,000 for a six-day trip Goodness. just to get to Auckland. I'm assuming this is not six, con- like you're stopping. What do you mean? It's a, it's you're not a flying for one-way six flight. days. Uh, you are, but you're, you're stopping along the way. Like right. you're, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, so Captain Robert Ford is uh, heading this expedition basically to Auckland. Um, he's got a crew of 10 people. He's got 12 passengers okay that's it but he's in this big boat or boat i called a boat because it, it was called like the boat of the air or flying boat hmm. um because it only did water landings ah, it didn't oh, have any landing cool. gear okay. it had to land on the water and it like it wasn't like the water planes with the um yeah. like skis yeah just its belly wow it, oh. <laughs> i've seen those yeah <laughs> Um, cool. But it was almost as big as a seven, uh, Boeing 747. So it was a Dang. huge plane. And it was only, you said 15 people? Uh, 12 crew members, I believe. 12 or, crew. Tw- sorry, 12 10 people. crew, 12 okay. um, yes. passengers. Wow. Okay. So they uh, take off from San Fran December 1st, 1941. Okay. So I feel like you might get an idea of where I'm headed with this. Mm-hmm. They land in Honolulu. Uh, um i know where she's heading well spoilers they they head they land in honolulu for crew rest um then they go to canton island for fuel they stop in fiji for fuel um they stop in numia for fuel and then they finally make it to or almost make it to auckland the day that they are flying into auckland is december 7th 1941 Okay. So Captain Robert Ford and his crew get a radio transmission that Pearl Harbor has been attacked by the Japanese. Um, and they're two hours out of Auckland at this point. So uh, since World War II had been going on and everything like that, the U.S. government or Pan Am had uh, prepared for this and given him an envelope labeled Plan A, open in case of emergency, basically. Oh. <laughs> um so he, uh, you know, maintained radio silence. They land in Auckland. They disload the passengers. Um, he opens the envelope, and it's basically it. <laughs> plan A is wait for further instruction. Oh <laughs> gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, What's Plan B like <laughs> Plan B was destroy the plane. Oh gosh, so okay. Glad we didn't get to that one. Yeah. Um. So they land in Auckland, and they spend a week just waiting in New Zealand uh, for more information. They're in the comms room of the U.S. Embassy every day waiting to hear for further instructions. Uh, finally, Pan Am gets to them and uh, tells them to strip all the identifying features off their aircraft. And they're like, mm. we need you to come back home, but obviously you can't come back to San Francisco. You can't come through Hawaii. Um, you're going to have to go back the long way and go west and and make it to New York. Mm-hmm. 
Also, we're not going to help you at all or give you any travel info. You got to figure this out on your own. <laughs> Good, Good luck. luck. Yeah, basically. Um, I think of like airplane with Leslie Nielsen. Good luck. We're all counting on you. <laughs> just keeps going back. Um, so yeah, they're, this is now a, a week after Pearl Harbor. They're in Auckland and, uh, Captain Ford and his 10 crew members are like, okay, we gotta, we gotta figure this out. We gotta, uh, prepare to fly through possibly war torn countries. And, uh, we don't have any money. One of the guys on the flight, John Poindexter was not actually <laughs> point for that. That's a great name. He's a smart one. I didn't know that was an actual last name. Yeah. Poindexter. Okay. He, uh, he was a radio tech, I believe. And of he, course he, he was. was. Not, <laughs> yeah. Originally, he was not supposed to be on the flight. The original radio technician got sick. And so he was put on the flight at the last minute. The poor guy only had one shirt. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he went this entire journey with one shirt. Did this shirt have a pocket protector? I know it does. It, <laughs> had to. it has to. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um so yeah, they're in Auckland. Um the this crew of ten gets the word to strip they're basically a Boeing seven forty seven that can only land on water, mm. uh, strip it of all identifiers and return to New York. Have fun. Um so Robert Ford's preparing the the vessel. He's you know, they're stripping things out, they're loading up on fuel, loading loading up they I think they loaded like two extra engines just in case anything happened. Um, cause I think it was like a six engine plane or something. Yeah. Maybe Dang. not. I might be making it. I mean, that if it's wow. propellers, it probably is more than just a two engines. I don't think If it's as big as 747. I mean, if I it couldn't have been jet jet. I don't know. I, no, I, I've looked at pictures of this all day. I mean, I it, know. The engines were just bigger. Do you know what propellers are? Yes, I know what oh, propellers okay. are. Okay, You're understand. really condescending tonight. <laughs> I'm just being helpful. Are you? <laughs> Um, so they're getting ready to take off from Auckland and fly to Australia. Uh, and at the last minute, excuse me, last minute, Pan Am decides to send them a message. It's like, wait, wait, wait. We have people on, on the island of Numia where you just came from. Um, can, can you go get them of course, and bring gosh. them to Australia? So of course they've got to fly back the way they came. We're still operating a business here. We need you to pick yeah. up our yeah. guests. Well, it, it wasn't the guests. It was like Pan Am had a base there, so they uh, had to get like the employees and their families off yeah. of the island um, into Australia. So they went and picked them up. Robert Ford was like, "You got two hours. You get one small bag. Get mm-hmm. on boat on, on board, and we're we're out of here." Um, Do you think they had to go through like TSA and? <laughs> <laughs> this was pre 9 11. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, they they take off from Numia to uh, Gladstone, Australia. And Gladstone, I believe, is like the northernmost big city of Australia. Um, actually, just kidding. That's Darwin. That's their next stop. Sorry. They've got a lot of stops on this. Yeah. Um, so, they uh, drop off these people in Gladstone. Um, and again, they don't have any provisions, so they're like, we don't know what we're going to do. Um, Robert Ford, his account was basically that he is walking down the street, and um, he runs into a banker who was like, hey, man, how you doing? Are y'all are y'all good? Like, do you need help with anything? Do you need money? Like, what do you need? He was yes. basically like, yeah, we're broke. <laughs> um, his His account from his mouth is... How are you fixed for money? Well, we're broke, I said. He said, I'll probably be shot for this. But he went down to his bank on a Saturday morning, opened the vault, and handed me 500 American dollars. Dude. Dang. Heck yeah. You can't do that anymore. No. 
Well, five hundred dollars back then was like ten grand. You yeah. couldn't even hand five hundred dollars now. Yeah, I mean that'd be on you. <laughs> what the IRS? The bank and the IRS. <laughs> the man. <laughs> he was in Australia. It doesn't count. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, anything goes down there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they get five hundred dollars, and that is all they have from now until they they get home. Oh my gosh. Um, and. Uh, Ford said that he gave it to the navigator because he was the only crew member with a lockbox. So he gives it to the navigator. Should have gave it to Poindexter. <laughs> yeah. He could put it in his pocket protector. Um, so the navigator, Rod Brown, keeps it in the lockbox. $500 is all they have. So we're now looking at December 16th. Um, they are in Gladstone, Australia. They leave um, for Darwin, Australia, which I misspoke earlier. It was the, Darwin is the most northern point of uh, Australia. Okay. But to get there, they had to cross basically all of Australia. And Australia is a pretty big continent. It is. I mean, it's I've seen it close on a map. to the size of the U.S., I believe. I mean, it looks like it, it on a map. So remember, this plane can only land in water. Yeah. So oh, they're is, having yeah. to fly across Australia mm-hmm. with nowhere to land. If anything happens, right. they're going down and they are stranded in Australia until Jeez. the war is over, basically. You don't, you don't, you don't want to land in that inland Australia water either. I've heard stories about the Crocs down there. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're they're crossing uh, Australia. They there's not a single river large enough to land. Um, they make it to Darwin, which is great. Um, they are welcomed by the Australian Army, who is like, "Oh yeah, y'all need a place to shower and change and rest. Sure, no problem. We got a place for you." They take them to an Australian brothel. Oh, of course. What else? I'm like, there you go. Um, so, yeah, they uh, refuel. But the problem is um, the the aviation fuel that the Australians have is uh, in five-gallon jugs. So they have to manually carry oh. these jugs up over the wing and load them into the fuel tanks. Oh, my gosh. In five-gallon jugs? In five-gallon jugs. Oh, my goodness. So it took hours for them to do this. And y'all, this is like the second stop. They've got a long way to go yeah. still. Um, so uh, they finally refuel and then they take off um, for Surabaya, which is 1,400 miles west. Um, it is over an ocean, thankfully. So they don't have to worry about landing if something happens. Mm. Um, so they're flying uh, across the ocean. They are approaching Surabaya and uh, there's a British base there where a. <laughs> A British fighter jet sees them incoming. And of course, they don't have any identifiers on their plane at this point. So uh, the fighter jet rises up to meet them. And due to a quirk in their radio, I don't I don't know exactly how wires got crossed or whatever. They can hear the British. The British cannot hear them. They cannot flag the British down. The uh, like manual signals that the Australians gave them were out of date. So that wasn't working like they could not signal that they were friendly. Um, so they can hear these British fighter jets basically arguing over whether or not they should shoot their plane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and finally, one of the commanders was like, you know what? As long as they don't do anything too shady, we're going to let them land. Yeah. Uh, just, just keep an eye on them. If they do anything shady, shoot them down. Oh, I bet everybody was on edge oh, right yeah. now. Yeah. Jeez. So, uh, Ford is like, okay, I've got to land far <laughs> outside the harbor here and like make my way in. So he lands far outside the harbor. Just landing casually. Yeah, Nothing no big to deal. see here. Um, Jeez. so he lands in the harbor and, uh, turns out like uh, a boat comes out to meet him, but they won't come 
close. They're still like a mile offshore mm. and the boat's like flagging him down. He's like, what is going on? They finally got a radio transmission that they have landed in a minefield. Ah. <laughs> hey, just just <laughs> freaking point. Like I've been meaning to give a point for a while, but this is just an insane what story. What an adventure. Jeez. <laughs> we're, we're like not even halfway there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Buckle up. <laughs> this is the craziest story. I swear. I don't know how this is in a movie. So they're in a minefield and Ford is having to like cautiously maneuver around uh, to get to this harbor, finally makes it there. Um, and the, you know, the British are supportive and they, they help them out and all this kind of stuff. The problem is, is they couldn't refuel because they're now at a military base and the military is like, no, we need that. You don't right. get it. You're a commercial yeah. airliner. Yeah. We're not doing that. Uh, we got plenty of automobile gasoline, though, if, if you want some... Some unleaded. Some car gasoline. <laughs> yeah. Basically, um, it's 76 octane, which aviation fuel, at least at this time, was normally 100 octane. Okay. And, I knew that. Well... <laughs> Obviously. I mean, you know. It is untold stories. So <laughs> yeah. Right. Learn something And new. that's yeah. the point of the story. Uh, yeah, basically. And now we learn. Um, so... Robert Ford was basically like, we don't have a choice. We're not going to get to refuel for a while. We got to, we got to try this. Um, and so they took the car fuel or they moved all the aviation fuel to like the backup tank or to a certain tank, put all the car fuel in a different tank. And oh then, uh, when they left for their next stop in Sri Lanka, um, they climbed with the aviation fuel. And mm. once they were at cruising altitude, he was like, let's switch the tanks and we're going to hope this works. Smart. And thank God it did. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, the wow. engines backfired a little bit, but um, they made it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, December 21st. So we're now, what, two weeks after uh, Pearl Harbor. Um, you know, they were supposed to be back a week ago. Right. Um, and they're in Sri Lanka instead. So uh, they're traveling on their way to Sri Lanka from uh, Surabaya and the British encampment that they were at. Uh, and since they don't have any identifiers on their plane, they're trying to stay in cloud cover. Well, the problem is, is because they're not getting any navigational help from Pan Am or anybody, they don't have, uh, any navigation techniques. They have to like dip down occasionally to like make sure that they're where they're supposed to be and all that. Um, they dip down out of the cloud cover and what do they see mm. but a Japanese submarine mm -hmm. ah. that shoots at them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Okay. So they pull back into the cloud cover and are like, oh, forget, nope, forget not that. There. Nope, not <laughs> landing there. Um, pull up, pull up. Yeah. So they uh, they keep going to, to Sri Lanka. They land, and um, the Brit there was a British commander there that they basically, you know, they're having to give these debriefs to the British every time right. they land. And there was a British commander that was like, No, you didn't. You didn't <laughs> see a submarine. You, you couldn't identify a submarine. Don't and, tell okay. me what I saw. Yeah, Robert Ford's like, Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so they just let it go. If, if you only knew what I've seen this whole trip. <laughs> At this point. Good Lord. Um, so, yeah, they. Uh, I think it was either later that day or the next day. They, they refueled. They're getting ready to take off again. They take off. Within the hour, their third engine fails. Mm. Uh, it was a cylinder that burst. They had to turn around and re-land at this British air base with the jerk-off captain that, or commander that didn't believe is him. this the one that okay so this is the next one not the one that they put car fuel in yeah it's the next one okay okay um gotcha. so yeah they they turn around and go back to the, the sri lanka one mm -hmm. um they do the repair and then take off 
uh, December 26th. So they had to spend Christmas and Christmas Eve fixing Jeez. their plane. Um, so they take off from Sri Lanka, head to Karachi. The next day they take off from Karachi to head to Bahrain. Um, there's a British garrison in Bahrain that uh, basically was warning Ford and his crew the next leg. Uh, you can't go. They're, they're wanting to go. At this point, they're close to the Middle East. They're, they're having to go across Saudi Arabia. Mm. And they were like, there's a lot of fuel there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Can't land, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to fly over it either. <laughs> the uh, British warned them do not fly over Arabia because they forced down some of our British pilots, buried them alive up to their necks, and left them. Oh, mm. what a horrible death. Yeah. In the desert? Yeah. Yeah. And scorpions and. <laughs> Slitherous snakes, <laughs> mm. sand. So they were like, "Don't <laughs> you in the eye. <laughs> don't do that." Um, Ford was like, "Yeah, okay. We don't really have too much of a choice. We're still gonna head west." Listen, we've yeah. already survived a Japanese submarine. Yeah. yeah, and we aren't flying north to uh, Europe. So um, mm. they flew over uh, Arabia, and that was frowned upon because they actually ended up. <laughs> According to Robert Ford, they flew over the mosque at Mecca. Uh, and mm. his account is that it was like ants out of an anthill because they didn't think like planes weren't a thing right. really as much back then. Yeah. So like they hear a plane, they all come running out right. of the mosque. He said it was like ants out of an anthill. They all come running out and shoot rifles at them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he basically is like, well, thank God they didn't have any anti-aircraft. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> they were able to just keep flying. Um, so they fly across Arabia, land in Khartoum. On the Nile, uh, which is cool. like, Lord, how is this not a movie? Um, the, the <laughs> this poor plane. I know. All right, just just another point. I don't I don't even know what for. It's just an amazing story. Okay. Um, so the Royal Air Force is stationed in Khartoum, um, and they're helping them prepare for their longest overland flight. They're going to have to fly over the entirety of Africa at this point, from you know the Nile to uh, they're aiming for the Congo River Listen, on the west coast. I don't coast. know a lot, but I know Africa's big. It is pretty big. <laughs> That's going to be a long flight. So this was going to mm. be their longest overland flight. They Jeez. could not land because if they did, well, now you're just stranded in the African jungle. So they take off. Head for the Congo River in Leopoldville, which is the funniest name to me. I don't know why. <laughs> Leopoldville in the Belgian Congo. Um, they made it, but uh, like the Congo River sucks as a river. It is incredibly fast. It's incredibly mm. dangerous. It's surrounded by trees and jungle yeah. and everything. So the the river itself is really dangerous. They, yeah. they land on it. They make it. Um, and they're like, we want to get out of here. It is hot. It is humid. It's the jungle. And the British are like, wait, you, uh, we've got a VIP for you to, to take oh, on. Oh, that's nice. Um, and Ford is like, okay. <laughs> um, the person shows up. And the per this person, I don't think, has ever been identified. Hmm. Mm. Uh, it was the wife of like a minor British officer. I don't know how he... he... She's had enough of the, the African <laughs> jungle. Yeah. But, like, she really wasn't a VIP. I don't know how her husband, British officer, yeah. wrangled this, but he got her on that plane. She said, this vacation sucks. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with them. <laughs> so uh, they're getting ready to take off the next day, and um, now they've just done their longest flight over land. They're about to have to do their longest flight over water, the Atlantic mm. Ocean. Um, so they have to be extra loaded on fuel extra loaded on supplies 
it's hot, it's humid, the plane already doesn't like that. They're on this fast rushing river and they only have a certain amount of distance to take off on this river before they hit rapids. <laughs> so <laughs> What is this? This is crazy. Okay. Everything that can go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're speeding down the river, they're at takeoff speed, um, pushing these engines, they take off. The rock climbs out onto the wings, <laughs> yeah. fixes the yeah. engine. Yeah, Indiana Jones jumps out with his raft, yeah, <laughs> so everything. They, they manage to take off right before the rapids, but they're having to fly through this gorge, so uh, Ford is still trying to get their craft up to like a, a cruising speed they're still trying to climb so he's having to keep it at takeoff speed and so they're pushing the engines to the red line hoping that they get and like <laughs> foot by foot they're climbing they finally make it and are able to relax a little bit over the atlantic ocean which i'm, I'm sure that, that uh, wife of that soldier's <laughs> glad she got on the plane yeah um i want to go back so it was a 20 hour flight mm. from the congo to <laughs> Uh, Natal Harbor in Brazil. 20 hours of flying. They land in the harbor and the Brazilian authorities are like, yeah, sure, you can you can refuel here, no problem. Uh, we need you to disembark though because we've had this issue with yellow fever and uh, we need to spray your plane down. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so the crew's like, yeah, I guess we'll get off and let you spray our plane down. So they've got these two British officials that are uh, Brazilian officials that board the plane in hazmat suits. They're spraying down the plane. The crew is like well that was weird all right i guess we can refuel we can take off um their next stop is trinidad and tobago so they get on the plane what a horrible route i want to see this on the <laughs> yeah, map oh, right? no. it makes no sense it's right? amazing it like looking at the map and the route they took is just amazing dude i i am gonna look this up afterwards um so That's they awesome. get on the plane they take off they're headed north to trinidad and tobago uh, they go to navigate, and the navigator uh, who has been entrusted with the money and the papers and the navigation charts is like, well, shit. The fumigator stole all our stuff. What? <laughs> so- <laughs> fumigator. Yeah. Why? Um, Why? What does he need? For I need the- this map. Well, yeah. So I... Oh, a map. <laughs> According to the crew, they believe that they were spies. Um, that's never been confirmed. Uh, but if nothing else, they I'm guessing even if they weren't spies, they probably didn't understand some of the papers. They figured they were important because they were in a lockbox. They stole right. their money. Of course. Of the $500 that they had yeah. to begin with. Um, so it, it may have just been like, oh, this is valuable. We'll, we'll take it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so they're like on their last leg home here. And <laughs> they get all of their stuff stolen. Oh, my gosh. So uh, they are in. They land in Trinidad in on January fifth, nineteen forty two. So they have been on route for a month now. Um, they had a minor repair to do on their exhaust stack. The crew rested, and then they take off for their final leg to LaGuardia in New York. They're so excited to get there. They arrive early on the morning of uh, January sixth, and they radio in to LaGuardia. And they're like, hey, uh, this is Robert Ford inbound on this flight, blah, blah, blah. And LaGuardia is like, what? We've never heard of y'all. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I you're about to. Yeah. Also, uh, the sun's not up yet. And we have this uh, rule that you can't land. Oh, so my gosh. I, I am not kidding you when I say <laughs> that Pan Am flight with this crew that's been around the world for the last 
five weeks uh had to circle for an hour or two if i was robert ford i would say listen here buddy (laughs) let me tell you about this where we've been good god yeah okay so they had to circle for an hour or two before Lagordia let them land (laughs) and uh yeah that's how they made it back home dang so all in all they traveled 31,500 miles 209 hours of flight time uh, five different continents, 18 stops in 12 different nations, and they were considered the first commercial circumnavigation of the globe. And, Dude. like, that's arguable just because, like, they started in San Francisco, ended in New York, but it's the mm-hmm. same point of or- country of origin. So, hey, I'd give it to them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can it. have it. <laughs> yeah, sure, man. Um, no wonder Pan Am went under <laughs> after the story. Yeah. Well, so Pan Am was uniquely equipped to handle long distance air travel, whereas like the military and stuff wasn't. So mm. Ford and his crew spent the rest of the war doing like contract missions for the U.S. government. Um, after the <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Uh, after the war, Ford continued to fly until I think the 1950s, when he uh, retired and became a cattle rancher and lived to 88. Yeehaw! Um, that's a dream right there, Grant. Geez. That's your dream. And I know. I, I good I, luck. I found his obituary uh, when I was researching this, and it, it seems like he lived a happy full life because he he lived on oh a 800 acre farm in Sacramento. Uh, he had a wife that he had been married to for 63 years. He had three sons and a daughter. That's your dream. Grandkids and great grandkids. So <laughs> he landed and he said, "You know what? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm going to retire." And he go wasn't on a... though. I mean, because he he yeah. flew in the war like uh, contract flights, right, and right, then, right, right, and then flew commercially for another yeah. like not quite. What 10 a years. freaking man! Yeah. What the? He's the man. What a stud. How Dude. how is this not a movie? I know. Shall we? You, I, do you even want to go? I mean, <laughs> just wait. Okay. I, I apologize because I, mean, I know that was a little longer than my usual, but like, that, I mean, I, I can't not. Just wait. I'll allow it because <laughs> that was amazing. Are you ready? Yeah. Shelby, what do you, uh, what do you got? What, what is your story, Todd? It's called Insane and Good God after Grace's 45 minute story. I, I think I'm going to have to speed it up. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It was a good story. It was a good story. <laughs> hey, I do need to say before I begin in this story, though, viewer discretion is advised. Every once in a while, we tell a story that, that is a little bit more dark than other stories. And this one is that. So if you have little kids, I'll give you two seconds to put the earmuffs on. <laughs> okay, let's do it. So we pick up the story of Insane with Julian. I don't know how to say her last name. I did one of these Google searches and tried to learn how to say her last name. I have no idea. Well, how do I'm you gonna spell, spell it? I'm going to spell it for you. K-O-E-P-C-K-E. Kopchik. That's, that's what I'm going what with. What language are we? Don't know. Okay. <laughs> the year of Julian is... Kay. Julian K. Yeah, this is a female. She's 17. 17. Okay. The year is 1971. All right. Um, she just turned 17. A little bit of background. She really loved adventure. It's <laughs> cool. It's what she's always known her whole life. Her parents were zoologists and they spent a ton of time in the Amazon jungle. Mm. That's like where she grew up, is just hanging out in the Amazon jungle. Dang. You could call her Dora. <laughs> yes. Do, 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 do Dora. Uh, so on this particular day, she was excited because, one, it was Christmas Eve. So that's exciting in and of itself. But, two, the day before, she had just received her, her high school diploma, 
which allowed her to begin studying zoology just like her parents. That's her wheelhouse. She loved it. She wanted to do adventures like that. Really feel like this is Dora. It sounds yeah. very similar. <laughs> really does. Did she have like a purple shirt and a backpack? <laughs> and, a backpack. and a monkey that she talked to. Swiper yeah. just kept coming. <laughs> so, she's, so she gets on a plane. We're following a plane. Oh. Yep, yep. Planes are cool. Um, I love aviation, by the way. Good. So there's a point for you, buddy. Thanks. She's leaving <laughs> Lima, Peru, and heading to visit her dad. And she's with her mom. It's Christmas Eve, so the airport's packed, crammed full. It's like Home Alone-esque. Like yeah. ton of people. I mean, you can imagine that. It's the holidays. People are traveling. But here's the deal. There's a storm coming in, and the airline had a decision to make. Do we press on? Do we postpone another plane and get pushed back? They decided to press on. And this is a passenger flight? Yes. Sounds like mm. a poor decision. They yeah. they decided they could not afford any more delays. They learned from Henry Ford or <laughs> Robert Ford, <laughs> Robert Ford. <laughs> that you could survive Japanese submarines. You can survive a storm yeah. is what they thought. We're good to go. Yeah. Mm. So they took off. It should have only been an hour flight. It was supposed to be pretty quick, quick, but it turned into a nightmare really soon. They approached this dark storm. The plane sort of experienced turbulence. It was jumping up and down. Mm. Have you guys ever been on a plane ride like that? Oh yeah, yeah. It yes, sucks. but I'm I'm the oddball here where I kind of love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I you think lo- it's fun. Yeah, you love the adrenaline, right? I mean, it's not really. It's just bouncing yeah. Ass. I don't know. It's kind of fun. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard too. Like a pilot said, "This is nobody's ever died by." Turbulence. It's just it's scary in the moment, yeah. but nobody's ever died by turbulence. So, well, you know, I'm sure planes sit back and from turbulence. Well, <laughs> okay. So they're mm. jumping up and down. Luggage is falling out from the lockers up top. That they wouldn't were, be as fun. It's Christmas Eve, so there's gifts and flowers <laughs> and cakes flying around. A gift who? just okay. A gift just lands in your lap. Ooh, yes, for me. Okay. <laughs> who who? Packs a cake in the overhead. Seventies. <laughs> That's yeah. what they do. They they, don't... they pack their fruit cake in there. And, and you're in Peru. I feel like a few yeah. episodes ago you asked us what time period we wouldn't want to go back to. I kind of want to go back and experience. This. It's all the uh, gelatin cake. That yeah. bring on. I yeah. want to know what it's like to fly. Yeah. Pre 1990. Oh my gosh. Um. So they There's cakes everywhere. Cakes are flying. <laughs> Luggage is flying. Flowers. Who brings flowers on? I'm their fly. Well, they don't have they don't have airport flower shop. Oh, it's not allowed now. You bring. Uh, you can't do that. No, if you bring flowers or fruit or anything Maybe like that. Maybe this is why from continent to continent. No, it's a biological thing. It can spread disease. And That's stuff. what they tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all this stuff's flying around, hitting people in the face. It's not good. So their parent. I mean, her mom's like, I hope everything works out here. And lightning is striking all around them. They can see out the window, just flashes of lightning. It's pitch dark. It's just flashes of lightning all Jeez. around them. Um, the passengers begin to scream. There's passengers crying. After 10 minutes of this, pure chaos. So imagine like flying up and down, stuff flying out for 10 minutes. <laughs> lightning actually struck the left engine. Oh. The plane caught on fire. It immediately went into a nosedive. It was pitch black. It was heading towards Earth at a really fast rate. <laughs> Head towards Earth. <laughs> then uh, things started to get blurry for her. 
she kind of loses consciousness and um, moments later a part of the plane opened up so as it's going down towards earth part of the plane opened up and sucked julian literally outside of the plane dude okay and she's still strapped to her seat oh my gosh she's two miles above the earth free falling what my husband's gonna listen to this podcast and never want to fly again yeah that's terrifying yeah she it's so terrified she loses consciousness she all she can remember is seeing the jungle below her (laughs) and loses consciousness okay so eventually she lands on earth she's dizzy she had a concussion yeah of course (laughs) yeah she was still strapped to her seat but her like row came with her (laughs) but there was no one else in there was her mom sitting next to her no. no, like originally Jeez. her mom was. Yes, like, yes, but oh her mom did not come just with her. Disappeared. Yeah. yeah. Did her mom die? We'll see. Oh, oh my geez. God, Shelby. So Julian, she could only like process basic facts. She knew that she survived a plane crash. Uh-huh. She couldn't see very well out of one eye. Her legs hurt. <laughs> her collarbone really hurt. Oh no. She had a deep cat gash on her calf. And then she just fell back into unconsciousness. Well, and she laid her. there in the fetal position for basically a day, right? And right. it starts, you're in a storm too, so it's pouring down rain in the jungle. Yeah. Like, if I just have a hard day, I want to lay in the fetal position yes. for a day. If I get into a plane crash, count yep. me out. Yep. So it took her about a half a day, and she finally got up. Um, at first, she started calling out for her mom. No one answered. She was just by herself in the middle of the Amazon jungle, right? Um, she, she at the time, um, was wearing a very short sleeveless mini dress and white sandals. Mm. So this is what you're hiking in now. Mm. And she actually only had one sandal. She lost the other one and she started to use her one. So she was really walking barefoot. She started using one sandal to, cause she couldn't see. She lost her glasses to feel out in front of her. Oh my gosh. She knew that there were venomous snakes everywhere. Oh. And so she was trying to feel with a sandal. This is the Amazon jungle, by the way. Right, right. Um, So (sighs) she gets up. She finds a small well. And she remembered what her dad said was like, water, follow water downstream, and eventually you'll get to civilization. So she starts to follow the water. Again, there's snakes that are camouflaged everywhere. She can't see anything. She's all by herself. Um, she follows this water downstream. Sometimes she's walking. Sometimes she's swimming in the Amazon jungle. There are piranhas exactly. in there. Leeches. Nope. Nope. Um, you know, she's got gashes all over, so infection is a, a risk. Hypothermia. On the fourth day of her trek, so she's been out here for now for four days. What is she eating and drinking? Nothing. Well, that <laughs> sounds unsafe. She she came across three. She's drinking the water in the creek and stuff. Right. So, but eating, she hasn't had anything. She came across three fellow passengers that were still strapped to their seats, mm. and they had landed headfirst in the ground with such force that they were buried three feet below oh. the ground, and their legs were just sticking oh, up. Oh God! <laughs> Jeez. Ew. One of them was a woman, so she thought maybe this is her mom. She checked. It wasn't her mom. Thank God. Um, but she did find a bag of sweets. So this is her first time that she's eating okay. some candy. I, <laughs> that's I all was, she had. No, I was going to uh, ask if she ate the people. 
Oh, oh gosh. Wow, great. Good grief. <laughs> if you're starving. They look pretty tasty buried down there. So this candy is all she had to continue walking, and she's hurt, all this stuff. Oh, gosh. Um, it was around the same time she saw rescue planes and helicopters above, but they couldn't see her because she's in the middle of the jungle. They didn't even know where the plane went down. That makes sense. There's a canopy there. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. Just quick, yeah. real quick. How old is she? 17. 17. Dang. Yeah. Yep. Jesus. In a dress. Count yeah. me out. I don't, I don't want to do this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, that's that sucks for her. So this plane crash prompted the biggest search in Peru's history. Again, but due to the density of the forest mm-hmm. or the jungle, they couldn't find anyone. Um, so she realized pretty quickly that she was all alone in the freaking jungle. Like, it's scary enough to be in a forest alone. You are in the jungle alone. You've got a broken collarbone, Jeez. gashes, no, you can't see, you're walking barefoot, you think you've just lost your mom. This, this is a horrible situation. Uh, by the 10th day, so now she's made it 10 days into it. Oh, my God. She can no <laughs> longer stand up. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I'm sure. So she just laid in the water and drifted along the edge of the river. That would have been me from day one. Just put it in God's hands. Wow. <laughs> I'll just drift down the river. I don't know. Along her drifting, she found uh, some random abandoned boat. Okay. And that gave her like an adrenaline boost. She was like, oh, my, this is it. There was nothing in the boat. She, But next to the boat, there was this path through the jungle that led to like a hut with a palm tree leaf roof. Inside the hut was basically two things, an outboard motor and a liter of gasoline. Okay? Okay. She, uh, by now, and the wound in her right arm was infested with maggots. Uh-oh. They'd grown to a centimeter long. Uh point for her she's just she's just a ba right now she like is. she's just wow 10 days she's been out here yeah and she's just okay yep. maggots in her arm yeah she's a ba no. so she's got maggots gasoline and an outboard motor what a trooper she sucked the gasoline out of the container poured the gasoline into her wounded arm to mm. kill the maggots that's like some rambo stuff <laughs> I almost, like, I almost called the story Ramboette. Dude, she, she is Rambo. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Heck yeah. But here's the deal. The maggots, a lot of them died, but some of them were uh, trying uh, to get away uh, from uh, the gas like and dug uh, deeper uh, down uh, in. Uh, uh, After that, she rewarded herself and fell asleep. She what? She rewarded herself. That's a long day. Rewarded so she, herself. Yeah, okay. She fell asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. The next day, she woke up and heard uh, voices of men outside the hut. Oh, my God. When the men saw her, they were startled. They actually thought she was like a water goddess, which is like part of the mythology of the area. Mm-hmm. So they were afraid to go near her. They didn't want to be around her. I would expect water goddesses to look a little less dead. Well. <laughs> beaten up. <laughs> less maggots. Yeah. Um, eventually, she was able to communicate with them. Thankfully, they were friendly they helped heal her a little bit, like just bandage her up for overnight. That's cool. The next day they took her, they gave her food and stuff. The next day they took her to civilization. In the end, she was the only survivor. Mm. 85 other people passed away in the crash. <sighs> so she goes back. She gets reconnected with her dad. Her dad's just like speechless. Can't believe what she, 
you know, she went through, she had a ton of trauma with the whole event. Um, so she spent, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. She spent years trying to process all that stuff that happened. Um, but eventually she kind of processed it. She ended up studying biology in Germany and she received her doctorate degree. And then she returned to Peru to research uh, the same stuff that her parents were researching. I would never go back. <laughs> she wrote a book and part of that process, she sat, she flew in the same spot and sat in the same seat that she had flown to uh-uh. get over it. Uh-uh. What? Yeah. What? So it was no. uh, tough for her. Gonna pass. No. Um, so there's the story of an insane story, which could be a movie also. Yeah, these Dude. both need to be movies. Uh, Julian oh K is what I'm going to call her. Julian K. There's a click in there somewhere. <laughs> We're just clicking into the. That's a tough one, Grant. Good luck. Yeah. Look. Wow. Yeah, uh, I don't envy you right now. Yeah, you guys both have to uh, deliver amazing stories tonight. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, one... Only the best for you, Grant. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, one is about, you know, just a freaking Indiana Jones. What is it? <laughs> Robert... Uh, Ford. Ford. And, you know, this amazing... I'm, I'm going to relate her to... Uh, Laura Croft, who is <laughs> right. basically the Tomb Raider. Yep. So, um, loved both of y'all stories. Um, I have to, I have to go with Grace's. Wow, <laughs> I have to. Dang, I'm, I know. Sorry, Julianne. It is a, <laughs> it is such a close. But you survived a two mile fall from sky. Yes, yes, I know, I know. Again, this you was poured a... gasoline into your wounds and killed <laughs> yes. the mess. You know what? Sorry. This is a hard, hard decision. But I chose Grace's because it was just such an insane like story of like so many stops and so many like dangerous things that they had one to thing deal after with. Another. Yes. And that they like were able to survive in this like one plane being shot at, being, you know, surviving on these these different this huge, huge journey is yeah. is is something I uh, really enjoy. But wow. You guys both like gave me some incredible stories there. So if you feel like I got robbed, reach out to our <laughs> social media accounts. And you know what? You know what? I'll say you're probably right because uh, those that was an amazing story. I feel like these might have been two of our best stories ever, mm-hmm. and they happen to be pitted mm. against. Each I know, other right? We had to. We had to. We did text each other. I was like, I'm so excited. And she said, I'm so excited. And I said, No, I'm more excited. No, I'm, I'm more, here. dude. <laughs> hey, yeah. I need to say something real quick. Yeah. Uh, so this is the first story, the one I shared, is the first story that was sent to by a listener. My neighbor, uh, Brenda, she sent me this story, and I appreciate that. So if you have a story that you want to send to us, you can do that at, at the Untold Podcast on TikTok. Yeah, untold the Podcast. Untold the Podcast yes. on TikTok or Instagram, um, or just Google us and text us uh, once you find our names and numbers and our houses. Don't do that. <laughs> Please don't look us up like Please that. Don't do this. Um, or yeah. topic ideas. If you got any yeah. topic ideas, yeah. that'd be a fun one too. Yep, for oh, sure. While we're at it, just review our show. That'd be great if yeah. you mm-hmm. wanted to do that. Yeah. For sure, Share do it. Do it all, please. We need you. Um, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks, thanks, Barbara, for that. Um, Brenda, Brenda, Barbara. Oh she seems like more of a Barbara. Oh, okay. <laughs> Brenda, yeah, thanks for that 
amazing story. And you know um, what? Since she lost her story, she submitted <laughs> lost. We probably lost her as a listener. Yeah. So probably. we need to make that up. Brenda, mm. please don't quit listening to us. We love you. Brenda, that was an incredible story. Uh, Shelby lost by like one point, maybe. <laughs> so that was that was great. But uh, yeah, congratulations, Grace. Um, you have anything you want to add about about your story? Um, I I think this was my favorite story so far. Mm. I I uh, thought about it earlier, and this was um, this made me think of my grandfather the entire time I was researching it. He was a mm. huge aviation buff. And he wanted me and my mom both to get our like pilot licenses by the time we turned 16. Um, so the whole time I was researching it, I was like, oh man, he would love mm. this. And I, I wish he was here so that I could like tell it to him and see what he thought. Or if he knew it, I mean, he might've known it would have been pretty cool. So you know what my story made me think of? What? She was 17. I have an 18 year old daughter. Oh, <laughs> why'd you gotta do that? <laughs> Shelby G. Mm. Yeah. She's still lost. Hey, that was an amazing story. <laughs> Shall we? Anything? Nope, Anything? That's it. Thanks. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks. No. <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, we will see you next time. Uh, I am Grant Yeager. I am Grace Ellaw. I'm S to the B, a.k.a. Shelby. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. See ya. Hey, y'all. This is Grant. Real quick. We wanted to say thanks for listening to the Untold Podcast. We really appreciate your support, and it means a lot to us. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and let your friends know about it. If you have any questions or story ideas, be sure to send us a message on Instagram or TikTok at Untold the Podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon.